I'm Nisha Zachary, and this is the Zigzag Leap, brought to you by Permission to Leap. For years, I've been talking to people about having permission to take a leap of faith. We all know that life doesn't happen in a straight line, so how do you overcome your past and possibly current circumstances to live the life you were created for? Stick around to hear our guest answers that will lend you some courage to give yourself permission to leap, no matter how twisted the path may be. All right. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Zigzag Leap. Today, I am talking to Noelle Sheerian, and she is going to talk to us about living your dreams, like redefining what all of it means and how to make what you're dreaming become a reality. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. Noelle, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you, Nisha, for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. Uh, I'm actually currently located in New York, New York, New York. Um, and uh, I am a New York native, born and raised uh, for living here for about 37 years of my life. I uh, studied fashion, was in the fashion industry, um, had a 15 year long fashion industry career. And at one point I realized that, you know, I was getting a little, a, a little tired, a little burnt out, a little, <laughs> a little uh, questioning what my, my life's purpose was and decided to make a life shift. Um, and now I am currently a uh, online transformation coach and I live um, nomadically in Bali, Indonesia, and also in, in New York, in the U.S. and going to be traveling to Costa Rica a little bit next year as well. So yeah. So that's a little bit of my story in a nutshell. (laughs) Perfect. So how did you get to the point of being like, I don't want to do this anymore in the fashion industry, like being from New York and, you know, the whole personality of being there? Um, Well, I think my vision growing up was um, as a child, my parents didn't, um, they didn't travel. They were kind of like, um, stayed very locally. And I would see on TV, all these people that were either, you know, in movies that were like in different locations or or Mm -hmm. traveling. My friends' families were traveling to different places. And for me, it was like, Ooh, I want to go there. I want to see that. I want to, I had this kind of, um, curiosity behind it that really piqued my interest and I was like oh I have to do something I want to travel so I'd always beg my mom can we go can we go here can we go to Florida can we go to these places and my mom had kind of a fear of flying um so I actually didn't fly till I was like 17 years old um and it kind of was like once I once once we did because a bit of me had a fear like when your mother or father has a fear of something you tend to be a little anxious about it as well Mm-hmm. And I actually enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, well, if I could go to Florida, I could go to other places. I could go to California. I could go here and there. So um, <clears throat> after that trip, it really was like, well, all right, what can I do where I can travel? What can I do where I can kind of explore a bit and go on these adventures? And, you know, I re- I looked into like hospitality and, and things of that sort. But, you know, people were like, well, you don't really make that great money in there. and you know, a lot of people could do that. So, you know, hear you on, um, you know, off the path that you, you think you want to go on. Right. And so I thought about, well, I love creativity. I love fashion. Um, I, I'm, I live in New York. It's a huge kind of bustling um, hub for the fashion business. Mm-hmm. And I love creatives and style. So I thought to myself, well, maybe I can get involved um, in fashion. 
I didn't design. I wasn't like, you know, super art, like artistic in that way, but I thought I could get into the business of fashion. And I know a lot of people who are in the fashion business do travel overseas. They go to factories, they go to different fabric mills, they go to fashion shows. So I was like, oh, that's kind of glamorous. So that kind of piqued my interest into getting into fashion. And I ended up um, leaving high school and I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology, which is a one of you know one very well known fashion mm -hmm. school in New York City. So I went there, I got my degree, and I was um, I think I had one other really close friend, and we both had jobs like right out of college. I started working nice. for Salvin, she started working for Elle magazine, more editorial, and it was really um, it was really cool. I didn't know what exactly I was going to get into because you know when you when you study at school and then you, you know, get a job, it's very kind of different. Yeah. Uh, I studied fashion merchandising, which is more of, you know, working up front of showing the assortments, the different collections to the different buyers, uh, the department stores, uh, the retail stores. Uh, but I ended up getting into production and manufacturing, which is more of the back end operational part of it, which is um, mm -hmm. the building of the product. So working with the designers, working with the uh, merchandisers, working with the sales team to kind of build this product, build a shirt, build a sweater, build, you know, all these different things. Right. And I thought that was cool because I didn't really know what that was all about, but I got the job. I applied for like a very entry level position uh, with Calvin Klein, Calvin Klein jeans out of, out of, uh, out of right out of college. They ended up, I was just, didn't even know what the job, I was like, I, I don't know exactly what this is. Of course I didn't say that, but I said, <laughs> I'm really hungry to learn. I'm really hungry right. to learn. I really just want to, you know, what, learn as much as possible. And if I could learn the back end, then if I want to change and switch it to a different department, I could do so. But my mm -hmm. was I was just wanted to learn. I wanted to be a sponge and absorb everything. So uh, I ended up doing that, worked at the company for eight and a half years, worked my way up to like a managerial level, level um, built a whole community of amazing people who are still in my life to the present day, who I adore. Um, and you know, I, and then I bounced around a little bit afterwards. I went to other different, uh, different brands, uh, fashion brands and, um, made more money, more, um, more responsibilities, mm -hmm. uh, more pressure. And then, you know, obviously things change and shift in the economy throughout that time. So we're talking about, you know, 2013 to, I don't know, 2016, it was kind of like, I was getting more responsibility. Like I said, I was working like longer hours. I was, um, had a team of people and it just became a little more taxing. It became less about, oh, enjoying my life. It was more or less, you got to keep going. And I realized right. like, man, what, what am I, what am I doing? There's, you know, like I'm more, I'm more stressed out than I've ever been. I'm working harder than a, you know, it's great to work hard and, you know, but, I just became, um, I got to this point where I was like, I don't really know if this is all that fun anymore, if I'm really enjoying this. Uh, and, and that's the question. And I think, you know, I realized that I'm not, I wasn't too in, as in love as I once was. So that vision of, you know, maybe one day, you know, being this CEO of a, of a big business kind of like 
I was like, oh, I don't know if I want that anymore. I don't know if if that's the right vision for me. Um, and I just started questioning, you know, you start getting these little nudges, like, is this really what you want to do till you get into your retirement at 65? Here I am, um, young, hungry. I was at 29, 30, 31 uh, at the time. And I just thought to myself, there's so many people that seem unhappy. They don't seem to um, spend as much time with their family, their loved ones. They don't even take vacations. Right. And, you know, they're like, you know, it's like they're, they pride themselves. Oh, I, I, you know, I work, you know, I, I haven't taken a vacation in three years. Well, that's not something to be proud of. You know, you look horrible. You look like you need to sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah. That so, daily grind of trying to make everything be what you want it to be and then not really being able to live out what you want to live. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it was at that point where I realized, um, I don't necessarily, well, I looked at the people I was reporting to, the people above me, and I was like, I don't aspire to be like, I don't want to be like that. You know, and, and that's a wake up call. Yeah, that was a wake up call. And, you know, but, you know, but, but at the same time, right, uh, I was in my early 30s, I was probably making the most money I've ever made in my life. Uh, in my early 30s, uh, you know, six figures, uh, I could travel now, like I could, I was actually going um, overseas to China to go to factories and going to visit friends in Amsterdam. And so, the, you know, I got that travel thing going now. Now I'm exploring, this is what I wanted. But it's different when you're doing it in the capacity of, right, you only have a week, what can you really see in a week across mm -hmm. the world, versus doing it to explore and really get a you know, a, a feeling of the culture of, you know, of the energy of the people in these other places. So it, um, it became different. And I started questioning really what I wanted and, and all those things. And at the same time, you know, when you go back into, into the everyday and you're in the hustle and bustle, you just get caught up in it. You're like, well, this is what I have to do. Like I have bills to pay. I have now acquired all of these material things that cost mm -hmm. money. I have the fancy gym membership. I have the, you know, I have the New York City lifestyle. I go to all these fancy restaurants now. Um, I have expensive rent to pay. So you kind, you kind of become an, a slave to your material items and your things. And I believe that, you know, to a certain degree, um, I felt I couldn't walk away from from the job, from that lifestyle, even though I was burnt out, tired, I was getting angry. I started drinking like, you know, all the time because I was, I wanted to numb myself on the weekends and like, you know, th any through Thursday through Sunday, I was, I was at happy hour after uh, work. I, and, and the weekends I was partying because I was just like, I'm not happy in my, the other four or five days of, of the week. Um, wow. So it became a thing of all my money was spent on just you know, socializing, drinking, I really wasn't spending time with myself to really get to know myself. I was kind of numbing myself from, from the lifestyle that I thought I really wanted, mm -hmm. but wasn't fulfilled deep down. Wow. Okay. So in that, you, you know, you don't have this life that you want now, like you're having to numb the pain even though you get to travel, it's not the kind of travel that you want, but you're doing all the shoulds, you know, that we all set out to do to make everybody around us happy. Um, and then you also mentioned that, you know, your parents had certain fears, they had certain lifestyles. So you're already conditioned to 
think that all of this is okay. You know, you just kind of suffer through it. So before I ask the next question, what is your definition of permission? Ooh, love the question. Um, I think it's a question everybody should ask themselves as well. Well, I think when we think about permission, it's about consent. It's about authorization. Um, mm -hmm. And so again, it depends on the context where we're, we're, we're asking permission. Um, but I think when we think about permission for ourselves, we have to ask ourselves, am I in um, in a position of power at this moment? Why why do I feel like I need to ask for consent? Why do I feel like I need to ask for permission? Mm -hmm. um, because I think the question we also have to ask ourselves is, am I am I am I in a position, like I said, of power at this point? Do I feel like because if you if you don't if you don't feel like you're in that position then essentially when you're asking for permission you're allowing somebody else the authority the power over you in a sense and it will impact your life so we have to ask ourselves when it comes to permission why is it do we feel like we have to give up our power to to ask another right we we have we know the answers for ourselves we just i think a lot of the times we feel like you know, it's easier if we ask somebody else for the permission because then yeah. it's like, okay, well, I didn't do that. So and so was, you know, gave me this access to to do this, so I I can now do this. But you know, it we have to also remind ourselves this is our lives. We are in the driver's seat. We should be in the driver's seat of our lives. We should be the one yeah. steering and navigating um, because ultimately, deep down. I think the, the the other thing is we have to know and trust ourselves. We have to really yeah. come to a place where we feel like, you know, wow, I I thought about it long and hard. I really feel deep down, I got this gut feeling that this is what it is. And then when you feel that, I think that's that's your that's your intuition guiding you and navigating you. You don't need to ask your sister, your mother, your friend, your, you know, it's good to you know, it's also good to get feedback, but I think at the end of the day, you have to trust yourself. You have mm -hmm. to trust yourself. And so, you know, for me, I think that's my definition of, of permission is really what, when it comes to something, it's, it's not, I'm not going to ask other people. I'm going to ask myself, I'm going to take time to think about what I really want. Does this fit into the bigger vision for what I'm, you know, working towards? Is this something that is aligned with my core values? Is this something that, you know, I've, I've really felt deep down for a while and I keep, and I keep, I keep going back to this thing. Then you have to really say, you know, this is, this is actually, this is, this feels right. Or this maybe doesn't feel right. It's, it's really a question that we have to ask ourselves when it comes to permission. Perfect. So given that and all the stuff that you were going to and where you were at this particular point, how did you give yourself the permission to make a shift? And like now you are not in New York most of the time. I mean, you are like right now, but you know, you, you moved, you've shifted your entire life. How did you give yourself permission to do that? Um, well, good question. Great question. So as I was saying about my whole kind of going back to uh, not feeling really fulfilled in my job and then numbing myself out kind of on the weekends and all of that, that became that routine. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, deep down my, 
I was hearing, getting the nudges, the voices that were like, is this really what you want? It was this, but I kept ignoring it. And I think what, what ended up happening. And sometimes a lot of, for a lot of us, this is, this is real. Um, life, a real life event will end up pushing you out so that, yes. you, <laughs> so that you can get like, almost like a wake up call. Like you need a life event. And it could be when I say a life event for me, it was the loss of a job. And I'll get into that in a second. But um, for other people, it could be a death. It could be an accident. It could be like the birth of a child, like something like really major um, that yeah. like shifts your perspective. Like, oh, I never knew, a, like when people have children, they say, I never knew a love like this. I, I was so selfish before, but this happened. And so it's a shift in perception and, and your you know, a change in your life. Well, mm -hmm. when I lost my job, so I lost my job um, in 2018, I was working for a fashion brand uh, for two years. And I, I said, I was working late nights. I'd go in early for conference calls. I'd work on the weekends. You know, I was doing all the things not happy, but doing it because the money was great. And um, I went into the office one day and they were, they were saying, we're making some changes. We are downsizing. And I was one of the people that they let go. And I took it personally, obviously, because my ego was bruised. And, <laughs> and I said, well, this sucks. I've never been laid off from a job, you know? And so my, my life kind of was flipped upside down. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Like, you know, like I, I was kind of really kind of just flows coasting at that job. I wasn't like, it wasn't anything like special, but it paid for my lifestyle and all of these exactly. things. And now I'm like, what do I, what am I going to do? So real quick, I'm obviously like, well, I have to get another job. I have to go on an interviews. I have to find another job. And I got a call after I was let go from my job two weeks after I was like, oh, a friend of mine called me up and she said, hey, she said, I would, I'm going to Bali. Um, I, yeah, she said, I'm going to Bali and I would love for you to come with me. She said, I'm looking at kind of buying some property over there and doing some research. And she's like, you know, I would love for you to come along. And I said, uh, I just lost my job two weeks ago. Like I have bills to pay. <laughs> Like, I can't just be going to Bali. And she's like, yeah, and I'm going for a month. I'm like, no, I can't go for a month. Like, that's impossible. Like, wow. anyway, so she, she, she was like, listen, and she basically said it like this. She kind of like smacked me in the face. She's like, listen, you've told me several times you are not happy. You told me you don't love what you're yeah. doing. You're not into this. It's not fulfilling you. You've said that you want to think about other things to get involved in. Why are you going to jump back into something to get a, like to get another job in the same thing that you don't love when you already know what the outcome is? She's like, right. the best thing for you to do is come with me on this vacation, uh, this, you know, whatever, this holiday and and think about what you really want. And I was like, oh, I, maybe you're right. You know, but I was scared too. Like I, right. I was so used to not ha having a job and, and like having access to money and all of this stuff that I'm like, well, oh, will I be okay? Like right away, I'm like, I, I, you know, I have savings. I had, you know, I had, I had a severance, but, but in my mind, I was like, oh, that feels so irresponsible of me to just run off, you know, yes. run, run off to a, a farm, be on a foreign tropical island for a month and leave this. And it just felt so wrong. And I'll tell you, I ended up um, 
she basically left left it like that and she said um i'm paying for your flight send me your passport i'll expect a call from you tomorrow morning telling me yes because you're coming and that's it and i ended up thinking about it overnight and i was like you know what she's right this sounds crazy it really was i was scared it sounded crazy i was like but i'm gonna do it and i did and that was the thing that completely from the job loss to going to Bali, so I ended up going to Bali for that month, completely opened my eyes to a new way of living life, to a new, um, just to just to like a slower pace to, oh, I could, I could slow down here. I could feel like I don't have to um, have this kind of like, like always on, be on, you know, just right. be on the go and feel like I have to have my, you know, my, my, my shield up, you know, cause in New York city and like, or even just in the U S in general, like we're, right. we're always expected to, to do so much and have so much on our plates. And, you know, and, and here I was in Bali and I'm like, Oh, I can breathe. And people are living a slower life and, and it's simple. And people were, I, I, you know, I got exposed to people just working on their laptops and, and being super entrepreneurial, creating their own schedules. If they wanted to work three hours one day, they could, if they wanted to work eight hours the next they could, but they were happy. They were sipping on coconuts by the pool. Like, Oh, and they're looking at the beautiful, you know, rice fields. I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me about this earlier? Like what? I, I have to let you out. I was like, what is this? So it just really opened my eyes. I started talking to people there, um, made some friends, and it just changed my world. And I ended up leaving after that month. And I cried because I was like, I don't even want to go back. Like, I don't want to go back to New York. Like, I don't need to. <laughs> but I ended up going back to New York. I was in a mm -hmm. depression for three, probably three weeks. And um, just because I was sad, I was on such a high there and mm -hmm. I opened up my, like I was just exposed to something completely new. And um, I ended up going, getting a job again because I was like, I need to make money. So I went and got a job again, went back into fashion. And three weeks after I started that job, I was like, this is horrible. I can't do this anymore. I just couldn't do it. It wasn't for me. It's like, it was a very clear no. So I needed to go have this experience to go to Bali to see wow. come back to get this just this job working for a very great a very well known great brand, but it wasn't for me anymore. And so that's what I needed. That was like my closure. That was like you've outgrown this. It's time to move on. So that's when I put I I, I took a hard look at myself in the mirror. I said, Noel, what do you want? What do you want? And I realized then that I wanted my freedom. I wanted, um, I wanted my time back. I didn't want to continue to give up my time in exchange for money. So mm -hmm. 40 plus hours a week for the money. I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, I'm going to, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to build a plan so that I don't have to. Um, and that's what I did. I, I said to myself, I want to live abroad. I want to do that. Um, I'm going to move to Bali. I said, you know what? I liked it there so much. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to move there. Uh, I, this was 2018 of September. I said, I'm going to move there by December, 20, 2019. Um, I put a plan together. I saved a certain amount of money. I, um, I, I told my friends and family, I paid off debt and I said, I'm going to figure out how to do something digitally, you know, so I could do it from mm -hmm. anywhere in the world. And uh, December 28th, 2019, I left.
I flew out, um, took two, two big bags. I got rid of my, um, my apartment. I put things in storage. I sold things and I quit my job and I ended up flying out to Australia first, actually. My friend lives in Australia. And um, then I moved over to Bali February 2020, right before the pandemic. And I was there ever since July 2021 this year. And what I've achieved, what I, what I, what I discovered about myself, what I, um, what, what I gave myself in terms of a gift, mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's unreal. I never thought this was possible for me. I never believed that I would be living in another land and, and, um, loving it. And I, I did, I am. Okay. Do you approach everything in your life like this? <laughs> like there's very clear boundaries. Let me make a plan. Let's go. You know, I wish I could say yes. Um, I think it's about, it's about, you know, how bad you want something. Mm -hmm. Like I, I knew that th it was more painful for me to like, to continue sitting in a cubicle working for doing something that was going against my core values. Right. Then it was for me to take a leap of faith into the unknown. Like that was like continuing on that trajectory was frightened more fright by far more frightening than the unknown of not knowing. And so why do you think most people don't like, even though they're in that pain, they're in that space where they know they're not happy. This is not the life for them. Why do you think they don't? Because we're, con we're conditioned. We're very conditioned from a young age um, to fit into a certain mold here in the, in, in society. Mm -hmm. we're very conditioned. We're very, um, we're very guided by, you know, higher powers, teachers in schools who are saying like, this is right and wrong. This is, you know, how you have to go about things. Our parents, our, you know, what our peers are doing. And so we're very much, we take on a lot of the things that they say. And so again, it's a, it's a, it's a matter of we allow other people to dictate. We, we, we relinquish our, perm our permission for ourselves, for others to decide. And mm -hmm. so I think it becomes hard because after long, many years of living this way and believing that this is how we have to live because we always have, we don't say, well, actually, you know, I could, I could actually step off this line and create my own little trail, my own little path and leave a trail. So how do you help people do that? Cause I know like this is your area of expertise. So when they're ready to step out of line and buck the system, buck the system. Like <laughs> what well, is going to happen? I think, I think it, it's a matter of, sorry, my hair is like, um, I think it's a matter of really looking at yourself and saying, is this like, am I at this point? Am I at this, am I at this point where I, I really, I can't, I can't go continue on this way. So right. I think people have to be to the point of like, Again, I'd rather step off than stay in it. So it's a matter of, you know, it might take it might take a shift, like I say, a life event. It might be like, oh, I'm just so over this and I can't do this anymore. But I think a huge thing too is like we don't take the time, and this is what I, you know, I work with my clients on is the first step is getting to know yourself. I didn't take the time 
in my journey up until I was probably 36 to get to know myself. Right. Like I realized there were so many things I was working against. Like I didn't stand for a lot of things in, you know, in my core value wise, but Mm -hmm. I accepted it at work because I, I need to get the money, the paycheck. So I think it's about evaluating what really is important to you. What, what really do you stand for in your life? And how are the things that, what are the things that you're doing in your life currently that either working against those or going towards those things? So it's like, it's a really, it's a, it's important to ask ourselves, okay, what do I stand for? So for me, I stand for my freedom. I, and I was going against that because I was, you know, I was in a nine to five, nine to six job and I didn't have my freedom. I wasn't able to do what I, you know, I wanted to do. Um, I also stand for my being authentic and being true to myself and speak, you know, sharing, you know, my, my message. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I do it very, I think, unorthodoxly in the sense of, you know, I, I don't have much of a filter. There is a bit of rough, like a rough New York in there. And that's me. And so if you don't like it, then there's other people for you. But I understand that there's going to people be people that that can uh, uh, relate to me or mm-hmm. maybe I'm not for them. And I, again, like right. I said, it's OK. Um, but I think, again, it's it's a matter of really knowing yourself. I mean, how can you how can you how can you move through this life and not know who you really are? And I think for so long, that's what I was doing. I was, I was operating from a point of, well, this is what I have to do because this is what society deems as to be successful. So mm-hmm. this is what I have to do. You go to school, you get the good job, you work, you have the house, you have the kids, the things, the things, the things, and, and you make the money. And so money is like all success, money equals happiness. That's actually what I found not to be the case for me. Um, I had the money and okay, I didn't have the kids and all the family things, but I had the money. I had the the lifestyle. I had those things. Right. I just wasn't fulfilled. I realized deep down, it's not just about those things. And I, I, I think a lot of people learn that later on because they've be, worked so hard. They've, they've given up so much of their time, you know, to mm-hmm. a job or dedicated their identity. They've become their job that they don't realize mm-hmm. there's more to the human being than just money and, and success. It's, uh, it's also about like, how can I give back to, for me? I've realized it's about how can I give back to community? How can I help others? How can I spread the message that, you know, I think people need to hear, um, because there's so many people that are so programmed by, so, you know, social media, by the media, um, yes. especially throughout the pandemic. And, you know, there's a fear factor um, that spread. And I think a lot of people take those things on. They don't, they just, they just are so, so quick to allow things to come in and, and kind of brainwash them. Yeah. Essentially, for lack of a better word, that's exactly it. Um, so what about the people that say, you know, their dreams have died? They don't have any dreams. You know, they, their time has passed. What would you say to them? I mean, I think that's just a mindset. I think, I think, well, you know, if that's the mindset you're going to take on, if you've thrown, thrown in the towel, what are you, what are you on? Why are you still, what are you living for? Like, what do you, you're just, you're saying, Hey, I'm throwing the towel and I'm just going to keep coasting through life. And so you've basically died before you've, you've died before you've died. 
Wow. And and that's yeah. what I know that sounds horrible, but that's the reality. Yeah, uh, it is. When you've given up on on a dream or you said, oh, it's not for me, then, you know, you're just you're here. You're existing. You're not you're not living. You're not right. truly living. And Oscar Wilde says, you know, to live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people exist. And that is all. And, you know, I'm one of the people that I can proudly say, honestly, that I have lived even though I still have a lot more I want to live, mm -hmm. I have um, followed my dreams because the alternative was for me to just sit here and coast through life and accept that this is the way I have to live it because that's what I was programmed to believe. Um, I think, yeah, it takes a mindset. It wasn't easy. I'm not going to say it was easy to step off that path. And mm -hmm. I was in fear. I was shaking. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would cry. I was oh my God, what am I doing? Am I, am I nuts? Yeah. Am I having an early midlife crisis? I mean, I had friends that are like, are you like retiring or something? What are you doing? You're going to move to Bali. Like don't people go there when they're retiring? I'm like, oh God. You know, so it, it's a matter of saying, you know what, I'm not going to let the outside source impact what I know to be true in my heart. And mm -hmm knew it was something I needed to pursue because as soon as I like left, I thought about Bali every single day. Not a day went by that I didn't think about me going back and being there. Every single day from the time I actually left and moved back, I thought about it. So it was very strong for me. It was a very strong pull. Like I felt like I was being pulled there. There was a reason why I had to go there and there was a reason why I had to be pulled back to it. Um, and I think it was, um, very much i had work to do when i went back obviously when i was living there more full time i did a lot of work on myself i had to heal a lot of things i think that's another aspect is we don't realize how much we hold on to trauma and mm. um and it impacts us and it holds us back from moving forward yes and so you know i think for me i didn't i had a lot of anger in me i was a very angry human being prior to me leaving you know to go to bali uh, I had a lot of resent and I was complaining and I was doing all these things. And really that was my mindset. I wasn't happy. And um, it, it, it just kind of content. It allowed me to just kind of be in this per perpetual state of like lack. And okay. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, fulfilled and I wasn't, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind of the thoughts of getting out of it because I was constantly telling myself, oh, this is not possible. I can't do this. I, I, I can't. And I took that role on and it, I allowed, I allowed myself to become that person. And then that right. wake up call was more or less the thing that was the catalyst that made me realize, wow, I had a horrible outlook on my life. I had a horrible, like, how, like, wow. Like well, I was, and people, and it's so funny because now I've obviously been home now for a couple months, five months. Um, and you know, I talk to people in my family, my friends are like, wow, you like completely changed. <laughs> You're like, my brother was like, I don't know if she's acting or if this is really her. Like, this is crazy <laughs> because I was a different person. Right. And, um, you know, sometimes it, the truth is sometimes uh, a part of you has to die inside for another piece of you to become, you know, reborn. And I'm so grateful for that. Uh, I think that was the biggest gift I gave to myself because I held on to a lot of shit that honestly I didn't, I didn't need to hold on to. Uh, I've made peace with family members. Uh, I've 
created a bucket list of things that I want to do in my life. Um, one of them is writing uh, a book of my journey. And um, I'm actually handing that off to the editor end of this month. Nice. Yeah. And you know, thank you. And, you know, I just feel like this is our life. This is our time. So if mm-hmm. you're not really being your authentic self, if you're not being, uh, you know, true to who you are, well, then you're operating in life as, you know, as the, the, the leading actor you're in, you're acting. And I got sick of doing that because I was doing that for a long time. I was acting as this person I thought I had to be, I had to be this, you know, person who was, you know, making it up the ranks and acquiring all of these things and making the money to show that I was mm-hmm. so that I was enough. I was worthy. I was, you know, um, And the truth was, I didn't need any of that to prove to anybody anything. I have what I need and I don't have the Now the mindset is I don't need to show anybody anything. I'm at peace. I love that. When you finally stop abdicating your life to the rest of the world and you like stand in your power, that is the best feeling ever. It's just like, okay, y'all figure it out over there. I've got it over here. Yeah, it just takes that. T- yeah, I know a lot of it was introspective work, and that was what I needed. I needed to dig in. I needed to see these kind of, you know, not demons, but you needed to face the shadows. I had to face my shadows. I had to face uh, my struggles. I had to not run from, you know, the things that I wasn't so comfortable with. I, I had to, you know, I really had to have like a heart to heart with myself and put, you know, forgive myself. You have to mm-hmm. forgive. And a lot of it, I, oh, I had a, I had a, I felt like I had to carry all this weight and I had to be this perfect version of me and I can't let people see this. And I just say, this is me, honey. I don't care what you think. I really don't. I I I know who I am. I'm a good human being. I can lay my head on my pillow at night and know that I've, you know, done the, the best job I could do today. And I operate now with a sense of how can I, did I help somebody today? How did I, maybe help impact somebody else today. That's how I think about life now. Awesome. Okay. So you left and you went to Bali to live, but you had this plan. So you said, you know, you had to have a certain amount of money saved and all of this. Um, How do you know how much you're going to need when you go to this other space? And like, what is enough for you? Or how do you decide what's enough for you? Well, it it comes down to research. Obviously, I I did a bunch of, I'm not going to sit here and say I had enough. I'm not going to sit here and say I saved enough. I mean, I could have, I should have, I wanted to save a certain amount prior to me going. Um, Mm -hmm. But I said to myself also, I'm not going to deter Hmm. My, my plans because I didn't hit that number because that would just keep the perpetual perpetuate me staying. And I said, yeah. I'm, I'm putting this date down. I wrote it down because I'm like, I'm not going into 2020 in the same situation because I know what the outcome is there. I'm not going to continue. And it's not a happy Noel. It's an angry Noel. So for me, again, I said, Whatever that number is that I come up, that I can get to, I'm going no matter what. And if I'm only out of the country for three months, then I'm only out of the country for three months, but at least I could say I did it. 
So right. um, I researched, um, I joined Facebook groups. I started talking to people who were already expats, I should say, not not really locals, but expatriates who are living in mm -hmm. Bali to start getting an understanding of where the places were to live, what the rent was going for, what, you know, the, you know, the cost of living for things. Um, and that helped me create a bit of a budget. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I, you know, there were times where I was like, Oh God, my, my bank account is dwindling. I don't know. You know, um, you know, there's been credit cards that I've had, uh, you know, access to my credit cards and things. Um, so I think it's a matter of it. it none of that was going to stop me. I wasn't going to allow the money to be the factor because for me, it was like, I'm, I'm going to live as long as I'm going to live this experience as long as I can, but it's not, the money is not going to stop me from going. I think that's like the, answer that I was kind of hoping for, um, because I know that there are a lot of people who will say, you know, I don't have the money to do what it is that I see. And it's like, okay, if money is the only thing stopping you, how can you get the money or how can you like shift things so you can get the money along the way or <laughs> whatever? That's the truth. And I think, you know, I wanted it so bad. And that's the desire I had. I had this like burning desire to get there. I was like, nothing is stopping me. Not like my friends were like, can you stop talking about Bali? Cause it's annoying because I was so, it was so much part of me. And I think it was a, also, it was manifesting. I was already kind of living it. Mm -hmm. I, people think this is crazy, but I would tell people like my, my soul is over there. Like I'm, I'm already, I just have to catch my physical form up to getting there. And I know that sounds crazy, but yeah, I, 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 I felt that in my, like, I was like, I, I feel it. Like I already see myself. I would have dreams, vivid dreams about me being there already. And it was really amazing. Um, and at the same time, nuts. I'm like, oh my God, it's so real and vivid. Um, but I think that's how bad my, my, my desire was that I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to find a way I'm going to figure it out. I have access to credit cards. Like I have things. And the reality was this, I, you can never plan to the degree that you always want to plan. Like I know people yeah. who, who my, my friends, some of my friends here were like, I can't, how did you like, but I, I, I have all of these things that I have to have, like, how did you have health insurance and this, that, and the other, and all these things figured out and all the doctors and all the things I'm like, listen, if you're going to continue on that path of thinking, that's also a lack mindset, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like you don't have all the answers. I didn't have all my doctors that where, where are the doctors? Where's the hospitals? Where's all the things, all the minutia, like, before I got there, like I didn't have that all figured out. I knew where I kind of wanted to live. I knew kind of how much I wanted to spend. And you know, I didn't have the insurance at the time either. I didn't let that stop me. I really didn't like guys, we're, we're, we are human beings. Like we can't live in this fear. I mean, if I was, if I lived in that way, I would have never made it to Bali. Right. But I think we get so stuck because we have health insurance. We have insurance for everything. We have, you know, we have the golden handcuffs, as they call them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, so we say, like, how how do you not have those things? Oh, my God. Guess what? I went seven months without insurance. And 
I'm here. I love it. But you know what? It's kind of like when you're you're pregnant, you know, you, you know, this baby is coming and you do all the things in the world to prepare. And the truth is you're prepared for like the first three months of changing diapers. Probably, you know, you've got clothes for those few months after that you're winging it all day, every day, <laughs> you know? So it's like, um, exactly. exactly. I mean, come on this, but that's the other thing I think about too. Like we don't realize in the deep down, like we don't know as human beings, how much of like, we, we try to plan everything to a certain degree. We have to have a plan. We have to have all these things planned out. I think it's good to have like a rough idea. Mm -hmm. I think it's good to have things that you want to do and take big, you know, the big milestone steps that you need to take to get there. But all the in-between to the down to the, all the things, honestly, you can't plan all, all that. At the end of the day, it's not up to us. Right. The universe has orchestrated so many beautiful, incredible scenarios for us that we don't even realize. Like yeah. for instance, my, my beautiful thing was the universe pushed me out of my job. So it would wake me up to bring me, I would have never went to Bali, like in the middle of March or April when I went for a whole month, like I would have been working, but because I let, was let go from my job, my friend called me up. She was like, oh, I'm going to Bali. You should come. I'm going to, and, and funded me. Like, what a beautiful gift. Mm -hmm. Be there. Wow. Noelle, my mind was blown. Eyes open. Like, that was beautifully orchestrated. Like, I could have never planned that. That plan wasn't set in place by me. And like, oh my God, I have to have all these things. That happened universally. So right. I trust, I trust that the universe does have my back because of that. And that there's things that you just can't plan because you are destined for certain things. And, and, and really at the end of the day, if you want something bad enough, the belief in itself and the, the, the pure will will get you there no matter what you figure it out. I love it. Okay. So can you tell me where people can find you to find out more about how you can help orchestrate them into the process off the status quo path? Um, okay, sure. Absolutely. So, um, my website is your www.youreverydaydream.com. And essentially that is my, that's my website because it's basically how I live my life. I try to live my everyday dream every day. Like I try to live my best life. I know people are like, that's so cliche. It's not necessarily my best life. I try to live my everyday dream because I always want to have my dream and my vision in mind. I always want to be working towards those things. So the things I'm doing today are for a bigger purpose. So, you know, that's why it keeps me aligned. So that's your everyday dream. So that's my vision for my clients is like, what do we, let's take an analysis and look at those things and how they line up with what we really want. Um, so you can find me there and you can find me at IG at your everyday dream. Oh, CO. Nice. All right. So I will put all of this information underneath this video on Facebook, um, also in the description on YouTube, and everything will be up on the podcast next week. Thank you so much, Noel, for joining me. This was an awesome conversation. Oh my God. I'm so thankful to have this platform. Thank you so much, Nisha. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Permission to Leap, go to permissiontoleap.com and subscribe to our email list. When you do, we'll send you a digital leap guide. Thanks again and talk to you next time.